Sasha. Hey, Courtney. I had a harrowing experience at the grocery store the other day. Oh, God, what happened? Well, I was in the vegetable aisle, and Uh I saw the ghost of broccoli. Wait. Hold on. You mean cauliflower? I know what I saw. (laughs) (laughs) It's spoop hour. Spoop Hour, a comedy, a paranormal comedy it's podcast. It's always hard what when you are say... We? <laughs> werewolves, that's werewolves. Yeah. We are a paranormal, paranormal comedy, comedy podcast, podcast hosted, hosted by, by two, two Halloweenies. There we go. This one's I, Courtney. I'm Sasha. And We're doing great today. I feel like it's been a while since it's just been the two of us. Yeah, it, yeah. we just came off a full month of collaborations, so it's very quiet on the call right now because it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. And we're remembering that we hate each other's guts, so oh. it's awkward. <laughs> or she is, and I'm just like, yeah, I get to see Courtney. Don't, don't be ridiculous. She fired me the last time we... That's true. We did yeah. a live stream with our Patreon supporters, and the last man standing at the end was Bridget, so introducing new Spoop Hour host, Bridget, who is the only one who doesn't have trash tastes in food and beverage. Yeah, so, I got fired, so I'm yeah. just here. You got fired like seven times. I had to keep I did. firing you because you kept saying bad things. <laughs> I don't know why I'm here. I thought I ultimately got fired at the end of that <laughs> broadcast. I fired you. I demoted your fiance back down to being an intern. Like, I went mad with power and nobody can stop me, so that's fine. Yeah. But I'm here for some reason, so here we go. <laughs> no one knows. I'm going to go ahead and apologize. If on my end of the audio you hear whooshing, it's because we are having two days of summer here, and it is hot as balls, and I don't want to turn our AC off, and I have my fan going, because it is hot as fuck. Like, for and, some context, last week we had a day that was in, like, the 40s. Yes, and, and today it's, it's, like, 85. Yeah. So... Like there was one, the day that it was really cold here, I was talking to one of my friends who lives in upstate New York, and yeah. I was like, is it perchance snowing up there? And he was like, yes, all day. Yeah. And this last was week, last week, a lot week. of the U.S. got snow, <laughs> yeah. and now the past two days, heat. we've been pushing 90, which yeah. is hot. It wasn't fun. It. I was wor- I've been working in the yard a lot this Ooh. week, and my, my dad and I finished making, my dad and my brother put together a frame for mm-hmm. um, trash cans to sit on. Yeah. And yesterday, Jack took me to Home Depot to buy 10, like, 40-pound bags of filler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was really heavy. But I did all that in, like, the heat of yesterday, and Oof. I had many regrets. And then I took a three-hour nap because yeah. I didn't realize how exhausted I was. Yesterday, I was like, what if I just don't do color guard because it's hot as fuck? And then I got, I don't know if it was a migraine or if I just had a headache or what the deal was. So I just did nothing instead. Yeah. The face I was making just now, which none of you can see, but Sasha (laughs) can see. I just got a notification on my phone for an email, which has the subject line, have you solved it yet? If not, now is your time to become Detective Dick Devins. What? What kind of games are you playing, Courtney? Dick Devins. None of your business, and that's Detective Dick Devins to you, (laughs) you sassy dame with legs for days. Getaway sticks that go up to the top of you, no more getaway sticks. Anyway, Spoop Hour can be found on the internet, on Twitter and Instagram, at Spoop Hour. We have a Patreon where sometimes we do, I say sometimes, one time we did a live stream, other times we just, you get bonus content and all kinds of fun goodies. So if you are able, we'd love to have you come party with us. If not, don't feel bad, we still love you. And that's patreon.com slash Spoop Hour. And if you have a first-person ghost story, if you saw the ghost of broccoli at your local grocery store, if something spooky has happened to you recently, if you had a weird dream, if you've got cute pets, if you know how horses would wear pants if said horses had eight legs, email spoophour at gmail.com. Truly, anything. Just email us. If it's someone else's story... You cool. can tell it to us. Yeah, just so long as they're cool with you. Like, you could be like, yeah. this is my brother's story, but your brother doesn't want to email us. Fine, we'll take it. Yeah. I don't care. 
We'll make it work. Did anything spooky happen to you this week? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Just, just you know, the huge. The yeah. uh, well, I mean, I felt really bad about this, but I opened up my shed the other day and I found two dead bumblebees, and I was like, Aww. "Did you guys fly in here the last time I had the door open, or did you find a way to burrow in?" Like, and I was really sad about that. We have carpenter bees that are setting up shop in our shed. Ugh. Which is a tongue twister that yeah. you should say five <laughs> times fast. Send us the audio of you saying Carpenter Bee set up shop in our shed five times fast. I don't care. But I don't want to kill them because right, I love bees. They're Carpenter Bees, yeah. They don't do anything except right. they do drill into wood. And since we rent, I don't want to destroy the house we rent because mm-hmm. that's not nice. But I read on the internet that if you get a crocheted fake hornet's nest, mm-hmm. the Carpenter Bees will leave because they think hornets have moved in yeah. and they're scared of hornets. So, and anyway. other hornets won't move in because exactly. they're They are also scared of hornets. Yeah. So, I'm gonna go ahead and pop that crochet mofo up on our shed and it's gonna be real cute. Yeah. I'm excited about that. For me... Yeah, what about you? So, so many things. I'm processing. Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? While you process, yes. I've been having more nightmares recently. Like, oh, I've been no. just having, like, very heightened dreams, like, th- mm-hmm. throughout this entire quarantine. And a lot of people have been writing about that, like, that with the limited amount of stimulus and engagement that we're having, our brains yeah. are having a hard time with that. But I've been having a lot of nightmares lately, and I think it's because, like, I... Oh, I already, like, sleep kind of hot to begin with, yeah. but I've been waking up super sweaty and, like, simultaneously hot and cold. So, like, super hot and sweaty. So if I throw a blanket off, then I'm freezing. Yeah. And, yeah, so... I had some of that last week. A lot of, like, the nightmares pairing with being sweaty and hot and mm-hmm. just awful. So that's my spooky thing is that my body hates me. <laughs> that's fair. My body also hates me. I'm prone to nightmares anyway, but I've been having mm-hmm. some real wild ones. Yeah. But last night I dreamt that we were having a dinner party. Like, like a formal dinner party, not like the actual dinner parties we would have, which is mm-hmm. just people come over, we eat finger foods. It was like formal, and Elon Musk and Grimes were there. What the fuck? <laughs> and they kept doing things to get people to, like, comment on how weird they are. Like, they were very clearly, like, attention-seeking. Oh. And just being, like, dramatic and just being like, well, we sometimes like to drink each other's blood because we think it brings us closer together. And then everybody else at the dinner party was like, we're not going to comment on that because we don't want you to keep talking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, so what they do on a usual basis. Exactly. It's right. what I imagine they're like in real life. So there was that. How unfortunate. I also recently, when we recorded with Coltney from The Cult of Domesticity, mm-hmm. she casually dropped Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner Party, yes, which I, still I watched watch on that. YouTube. Ugh. And I am a big fan of it. Like, Ooh. I'm all in. It was, I really enjoyed it. I highly I recommend it. it. You should watch it. Yeah, Maybe okay. don't watch it all in one sitting in the evening sure. because you will then have hunting down murderer-themed dreams, as I did. Mm-hmm. But I do recommend that, and it's fun. Plus, who doesn't love supporting indie content creators? Yeah. And... I've been watching a lot of, like, or, like for Jack's podcast, Anime Airwaves, he and Brad have been, like, watching a couple of episodes of anime that are, like, new this season or, like, yeah. returning. And, you know, they talk about and comment on it and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So... Because I don't have anywhere else to be, I popped down on the couch and watched them with him. Yeah. And there are a lot of, like, Battle Royale anime right now, or, like, <laughs> things that involve a lot of, like, teenagers running up against each other and, like, trying to kill each other to sure. for some ends to a, mean, a means to an because. end. Because. And so, like, yeah, I've been having a little bit of that infiltrating into my brain. Yeah. Because right? I'm just like, oh, like, I'm going to run away from this person who's trying to kill me <laughs> with, like, in a very anime style, you know. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot of feel-good stuff out there, too, that I've yeah, been, Yeah, I've like... been watching... Ever since I watched Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner, I've been watching a lot of YouTube series. 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 Shout out to the bees. Bees! Bees! This episode brought to you by bees. Buzz. So, I do recommend... I just rewatched Lizzie Bennet Diaries, which is uh, a modern retelling of Pride mm-hmm. and Prejudice, because I can't get enough modern retellings of anything. So, oh, absolutely. Spooky. Like, I, I cannot... I wish there were more. Yeah, like, I... I want to usher in a new era, because, like, we remake everything anyway. I would rather have more, like, Clueless, She's the Man, mm-hmm. where we take something like Shakespeare. Shakespearean play, or Jane Austen, or something, and we modernize it. To tell the same... I just love that. I love yeah. it. I would love a modern... I mean, like, okay, there's the Much Ado that Joss Whedon did that's just yeah. set in a modern er- context. I but, want, like, like, 
a story, a team modern. story based on M- Much Ado, because that's one yeah. of my favorite plays. I want like college students who are in the same class, and they're all sick of the two know-it-alls in the class just constantly using class discussions as an excuse to just like bicker with each other. So yes. they're like, I can't take this anymore. Discussion is part of my grade. Let's fucking get them to just bang it out, and then <laughs> we'll be done with it. And then shenanigans ensue. Like, I yes. want that. I also would love, like, a really campy, silly take on Midsummer Night's Dream. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. Right? I would we, love where that. Where is that? Yeah. We, we have to do it, I guess. Maybe yeah. we'll reach out to the creators of Edgar Allan Poe's Murder Mystery Dinner Party and be like, hey, mm-hmm. we have an idea for you guys. Another thing that I would like to see is there's a choose-your-own-adventure Hamlet called Ooh. To Be or Not To Be. And yeah. there's another one also about Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see, like see that adapted into a film like some like take all the most absurd parts of hamlet and like Mm -hmm. do like a retelling of like how hamlet's story could have gone better or worse love it i'm on board in some way it it doesn't even have to be like a movie it could be like a series like each episode goes a different way yeah yeah i'd like to see that like edge of tomorrow hamlet yes (laughs) where hamlet just keeps dying and then we have to go back and try again edge of tomorrow recently actually for the first time ever and was like oh Okay. (laughs) All right. So what are we talking about today, Sasha? We'll be largely talking about celebrities in a bit, (laughs) but to lead us into that, we'll be talking about the Fountain of Youth, among other things, because there are certain celebrities who have no business being, I mean, continuing to be the same face they were like 30 years ago. Yes. Right? So this came about I mean, it's because, probably because of money, but... Oh, it's absolutely because of money. But, but... And part of it could be good genes. Yeah. And luck, but... This and came being about, a nice person, because some of the people who, like... True. ...have stayed looking young are actually, like, kind of nice people. Yeah, Fred Astaire aged very gracefully. Gene Kelly did not. It's because Gene Kelly was an asshole and Fred Astaire was nice. What are you going to do, haunt me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fred Astaire has now taken up residence in your attic. I'm fine with that. I said he was nice. Oh, I mean Gene Kelly. No! Gene Kelly just kicked Fred Astaire out. God damn it. Fred is going to kick Gene, Gene Kelly, Kelly in his ghost face. So this came about because <laughs> some of you may have seen Robert Pattinson did an interview with GQ recently. Mm-hmm. And neither Sasha nor I were ever what could be called twihards. The people who in the early aughts were super into Twilight. Part of it, I think, was we were a little older Mm-hmm. Then we were supposed to be for the target market. And then the other part of it is, even as, like, being a 15-year-old, I was already a you-can't-tell-me-what-to-do-get-the-fuck-out-of-here-bro kind of person. So I had no patience for Edward Cullen's, oh, you have to do what I say, fuck you. But Robert Pattinson now, I really enjoy because he is just a chaos maker. And yeah. it's amazing. So in this article in GQ, he is detailing how he wants to create fast food pasta. <laughs> Not like noodles and company fast food pasta, like handheld pasta. And so reading the excerpt where he like sets a glove on fire accidentally and puts tin foil in the microwave and everything, Sasha and I got to talking and we were like, this man is clearly some sort of cryptid. He is not of the human realm. And so we started theorizing about what he was. And so that inspired today's topic, which is going to be celebrities who are actually immortals of some variety. So cryptids, old gods, nature spirits, witches and wizards, like all of that. But first, we're going to talk about immortality, because I thought it would be fun to talk about immortality in terms of humanity before we get into a discussion of celebrities. Yes. So. So more on Robert Pattinson in a second. The books came out when we were still in high school, yeah, because you read them. But for me, I I missed the boat on it. Mm -hmm. We, I think, brought them to the beach at one point to just, like, read them to make fun of them. Mm -hmm. But I never read past maybe the first couple of chapters of the first book. I remember in college they did a screening of, I think it was the second movie, and my friends Susan and Amanda, we went to the theater on campus and just, Mm -hmm. like, heckled. I mean, everyone was there. It was like it was like a rowdy yeah. screening of it. Yeah, I think I may have been at that one as well. Yeah, like we were I may in the have back, designated like, drivered at, some drunk people to yeah, go like, see the Twilight yelling, movie. Shark boy at Taylor Lautner, <laughs> and like being like, "You deserve better, girl. Like, what you doing, girl?" At whenever Bella was on screen, you're allowed to make your own choices. Yeah, and so like I, yeah, I never, 
but I, I've been a fan of Robert Pattinson for a while, I think, mm-hmm. because of his pure hatred for Twilight, and I was yeah. like, I can get behind this guy. Anyway, you ready to talk about immortality? It makes I sense am. in my head. Hopefully it makes sense to other people, where it's like, we're talking about celebrities who don't age and whatever, because yeah. they're clearly immortals. So, immortality. Woohoo. This all came from Wikipedia, Live Science, The Conversation, CNBC, Seeker, History.com, and Stanford Magazine. Did a lot of research to say not very much at all. <laughs> Everybody strap in. It's been a week. Humanity has been searching for a way to defeat death since we realized we could die, basically. Yeah. (laughs) We did not like that concept, and Mm -hmm. we were like, what if we just didn't do that? So you have the mythical fountain of youth, which is a spring that restores the youth of anyone who drinks and or bathes in it. And that has been around as a concept since at least 500 BC. It's possibly older, but Herodotus, 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 H-Dog, as his friends like to call him. (laughs) And I like to consider myself a close personal friend of H-Dog. It's okay. Just pretend like you're me and you want to call Pentacles Pentacles. Pentacles. So. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) Herodotus. Sure. Why not? (laughs) I don't have to keep saying the name. I only have it in my notes once. And yet I've said it so many more times. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. So, H-Dog described a magic fountain in 500 BC that had a special kind of water that gave the Macrobians exceptionally long lives. So that's kind of the first historical account we have of the concept of there being some body of water that if you consume it or you touch it, it's going to prolong your existence. Mm -hmm. In the third century, we have the Alexander Romance, which is a tale of the adventures of Alexander the Great as he quested with a servant to find a restorative spring. So again, body of water, climb on in, get all nice and wet and live forever, I guess. Prester John detailed searching for the Fountain of Youth in the early days of the Crusades, because obviously during the Crusades, you had nothing else on your mind other than finding the Fountain of Youth. (laughs) And finally, in the early 16th century, tales spread of a magic land called Bimini, which we now know is a real place in the Caribbean. But allegedly, Bimini was rife with prosperity and people who stayed young forever. So Mm -hmm. tale of that spread via all the conquistadors and people in the region that if you went to Bimini, you could find the Fountain of Youth. Interestingly, located on the island is a mangrove saltwater swamp with something called the healing hole? <laughs> the healing hole? The healing hole. Just shove it in your healing hole. Hmm. The healing hole is at the end of a series of winding tunnels, so it's kind of hard to get to. But once you're there, it was believed that the healing hole was a mini fountain of youth. What is interesting about the healing hole is that it's particularly high in magnesium, which has been shown scientifically to improve longevity and reproductive health. So there may have been some actual science to the belief that the healing hole would heal you because it did promote health and it was good for you, which is different from all the people who were like, I'm going to drink mercury and live forever. And then they immediately (laughs) did not. (laughs) Probably the most well-known seeker of the fountain of youth was conquistador Ponce de Leon. Yep. If we think fountain of youth, you think of this guy. Spain had likely heard rumors from the Taino people of the Caribbean of a magic fountain and rejuvenating river on an island north of Cuba. This mm-hmm. may have been Bimini, like Bimini tales overlapping with this other. It's sure. unclear, but they, they just heard tell of some sort of like mythical water body and they just went with it. And Ponce de Leon was determined to be the man for the job. Because he had violently crushed a Taino rebellion in 1504, so who better then to use Taino intelligence to find the alleged fountain of youth? Oh. He was a conquistador. He wasn't he wasn't yeah. a great dude. Yeah. We mm-mm. we we do not stand Ponce no. de Leon. Mm-mm. Not here. Not on this mm-mm. podcast. In 1512, King Ferdinand granted Ponce a contract to settle Bamini. I could call him De Leon for this, but mm-hmm. I think Ponce is sillier, and again, I do not respect him. Yeah. <laughs> so Ponce. Old Ponce pants. <laughs> so old Ponce pants. <laughs> And his expedition got this reputation that their sole mission was to find the Fountain of Youth. And if they happened to kill and pillage and conquer along the way, then so be it. That's just the price you pay for expeditions back then. There were also rumors that Ferdinand himself was like, listen, Ponzi Pants, my bro, my brosif, my brosifina. (laughs) 
I would like to find the Fountain of Youth. So if you could do me a solid and go out questing to find it, because I'm a king, I can't do it myself. But if you do it and find it and bring it back to me, then I get to live forever. So the logic behind that was Ferdinand had recently married a woman who was 35 years younger than him. And so... Casual. Super chill. That happens. Ferdinand maybe had a hard time keeping up with her because Uh. she was... 35 35 years years younger younger than him. Mm -hmm. And he may have been insecure about it because he's a king. Mm -hmm. You know, a king in the 1500s has a super fragile ego. So he was like, I got to keep up with my hot young wife. So if you could make me hot and young too, that would be just top notch. What was the life expectancy though back then? Unclear. When they say 35 years older, I'm worried that it means that his wife was like 13. Yeah, that's like, because. Yeah. Yeah. It's Yanksville. Just going to do some quick math on that real quick, because I can't <laughs> yeah. do head math. Look up how old King Ferdinand was in 1512. I mean, okay, if his wife was 13, he'd be 48, which seems kind of old for King Ferdinand. I'm going to look this up. I'm very disturbed. <laughs> he was born in 1452. He died in 1516, so... Oh, so he died four years after he sent Ponzi Pants out to look for the Fountain of Youth. So... He died in 1452? No, no, he was born. He was 60 in 1512. So she was 25. So it could be worse. Could be worse, but that is an old man. That is an old-ass man. But then again, it was the 1500s. I don't think the 25-year-old had a lot of agency granted to her to be like, no, thank you. I do not want to marry an old man. In fact, yeah, it was probably spun in a way of like, you get to marry the king. Congrats. And she was like... Okay, yay. Okay, I guess. Yay, I'm the queen Anyway, now. so Ponzi Pants set out to find the Fountain of Youth. He came across Bimini, and it turned out that the Fountain of Youth was not there. Spoilers for this story. The Fountain of Youth is not real. Right. Surprise! So, Ponzi Pants, I'm going to call him that for the rest of this story. I'm sorry, I'm just going to. <laughs> so, old Ponzi Pants hit the road again after it didn't turn up in Bimini, basically because there was some account that, like, Ponce was like, I'm going to rule Bimini now because I'm here and I'm a conquistador and I can do whatever the fuck I want. But then he got ousted by Columbus's son and Columbus's son was like, no, I shall conquer Bimini and then I'm in charge now. And Ponce was like, well, screw you. I'm going out on an expedition anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So Ponce hit the road and this time he came across Florida, which he is also well known for. Mm -hmm. There's a place in Florida called Fountain of Youth. I believe there's a park there. So if you've been there... Email spookbar@gmail.com. Please. You ready for an interesting twist? Yes. Ponce de Leon was not actually obsessed with finding the Fountain of Youth. Huh. In fact, there's no historical records of him even being charged with finding it. All of his correspondence at the time did not mention the Fountain of Youth. At no point in time was he like, anyway, I'm going to go look for the Fountain of Youth. I want to live forever, like fame. Bye. That never has come up. It was only after he died that he got a reputation for being an immortality seeker. Huh. So, it's possible that he was still looking for it, and maybe sure. he talked about it, but he it was never written down. But given the kind of person that Ponce de Leon was, he, he was regularly corresponding with the king and with the funders of his expedition. Mm-hmm. So you would think he would mention, we're looking for the Fountain of Youth. Right. Most historians agree now that Ponce was just your classic run-of-the-mill conquistador. He was looking for gold. He was looking to expand the Spanish Empire. He did not have time or give a shit about finding something that was allegedly going to give you eternal life. But in 1535, after Ponce de Leon had died, Gonzalo Fernandez de Oviedo y Valdez still accused Ponce of seeking out the Fountain of Youth to cure his sexual impotence. Okay. So this is believed to be a machismo move to discredit Ponce. So Gonzalo was probably like, hey, Ponce sucks. Guess what? He couldn't get his dick hard. And that's why he was looking for the Fountain of Youth, because he wanted to get his dick hard. In reality, Ponce, in fact, did have children and presumably was sexually potent. Mm -hmm. But in Spain at the time, there was this big culture of being a big manly man and toxic masculinity and raw. So in order to, like, give himself toxic masculinity points, Gonzalo may have just been talking shit about Ponce. (laughs) <laughs> and somehow that shit talking has turned into Ponce's historical record of being the guy looking for the Fountain of Youth, which, if you think about it, is very funny. <laughs> sure. Right. You know, I read one thing today that was like, he'd probably be happy just to be famous. And it's like, yeah, but he's famous for 
thinking that he didn't have to die and maybe wanting penis problems to go away. Right. I don't know if he would love that. Mm-mm. Anyway. There is speculation that Ponce de Leon was obsessed with the Bahamian love vine. Uh-huh. This vine was brewed as an aphrodisiac, and Ponce de Leon was seeking it, and I put, like, 8,000 pairs of air quotes for business reasons. So he can give someone the business. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, I gotta gotta give somebody the business, so I need this Bahamian love vine for the business business. The Fountain of Youth piece could have come thanks to a mistranslation. The Mm -hmm. locals were likely using the word vid, which means vine, but conquistador listening, which is to say not in fact listening very closely at all, could have turned that into vida, which means life. So instead of hearing fountain vine, he heard fountain of life. Mm. Which then turned into probably he was like, hey, I heard about this life fountain. Oopsies. Oops. In non-Fountain of Youth terms, you've also got the Stone of the Philosophers, or the Philosopher's Stone. Mm -hmm. More than just the UK name of the first Harry Potter book, the Philosopher's Stone is an alchemical substance that can turn metal into gold, and it can also produce the elixir of life to rejuvenate or provide immortality to the user. Now, everybody who's read the first Harry Potter book knows this is what Voldemort wants to do so he can get out of the back of Quirrell's head. Spoilers for the first Harry Potter book. Nicholas Flamel figured out how to use it, and yeah, 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 yeah. He was friends with Dumbledore. And Guess how old what? is Dumbledore, actually? <laughs> Nicholas Flamel, real dude. We'll real get into him in a second. Because <laughs> I saw that name and I was like, wait, I know him for very What the better. fuck? So, <laughs> mm-hmm. according to alchemical texts, there are two varieties of Philosopher's Stone. You have the White Stone, which makes silver, and then you have the Red Stone. And the Red Stone is the good one that makes gold out of any ordinary metal and creates the life essence, elixir of life, whatever. And if you remember in the film version of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone... The rock is, like, a very reddish color. And that's why. That's, that's based why. in historical accounts of alchemy. You can make your own Philosopher's Stone using the magnum opus or great work. So if you're able to find and translate these steps, because I don't think there are any surviving copies, but there's tell of them, and other <laughs> mystic texts refer to them, and if you follow it very close, it's like a series of, like, chemical shit you gotta do, you'll know it's working, because the stone should change color, I think, up to seven times. Huh. So it'll start out, like, being blue, and then it'll cycle through, like, yellow-orange until it finally gets to red, and that's how you know. You did it right. So the Philosopher's Stone was a tempting enough concept that even Sir Isaac Newton dabbled in alchemy to try and put it together. Hmm. We have a lot of respect for Sir Isaac Newton because of gravity. I'm not saying we shouldn't have that respect. I'm just saying he was maybe also a little bananas. (laughs) But the philosopher... Amongst us is not a little bananas. Whomst among us is not a little bananas in this, the quarantines. (laughs) The philosopher most well-known for his stone obsession was Nicolas Flamel, a French bookseller and notary and real dude. You have that in common with him. Mm -hmm. The notary. Yeah. Yeah. I am also a notary, so... I, I actually, you might as well when go I saw that, I was like, oh, I'm a notary. Yeah, just do do a little alchemy yourself. Apparently, I mean, he, he did so you can. Yeah, this is a very closely guarded notary secret. Only part of it is, like, stamping official documents and shit. The other part of it is turning metal into gold and granting people immortal life. That's right. I can do it. I choose not to. <laughs> I'm a monster. <laughs> Flamel claimed in 1382. That's right. That's 1382. But we'll get into why it's still possible for Dumbledore to know him. Not that I'm a Harry Potter defender. You guys have heard me. I have a lot of problems with those things. So Flamel claimed in 1382 that he had successfully translated an ancient book of alchemy and turned lead into gold. Flamel had partnered with a Spanish scholar who specialized in mystic Hebrew texts like the Kabbalah to translate this work. Mm -hmm. So in theory, that holds water. But there isn't a historical record of Flamel successfully turning lead into gold. But interestingly, around the time that he made the claim that he had successfully done this alchemical thing, he came into a lot of wealth. So all of a sudden, hmm. Mr. Bookseller and Notary, who wasn't making the most money before, now all of a sudden he's rich. And before you think we should eat him, he donated most of his wealth to charity. Good. So. Responsible. Responsible. There are also rumors that Nicholas Flamel and his wife used the Philosopher's Stone that they had made to achieve immortality. So it is theoretically possible that it is not Dumbledore who's, like, been around since the 1300s, but that just Mm -hmm. Nicholas Flamel is immortal, and so he's 
yep. hanging around in the early 90s. I think it was at the end of the book when, after they destroyed the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry was like, um... So, uh, your friend Nicholas Flamel, and then he's like, oh, don't worry, he and his wife have enough, like, enough potion to help, like, kind of, like, sort through, like, everything that needs to be sorted through and, like, see them to the end of their life. And I was like, oh, geez. So they did eventually, like, give up in the 90s. (laughs) Well, at that point, they'd been alive for, like, 600 years. Right. How long do you really want to be alive? It's probably only going to get worse from here. Yeah. 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 Because a lot of... I, I didn't read an account that, like... It grants you eternal youth. Uh-huh. It just makes you immortal. Yeah. So, at six hundred, you are absolutely showing your age. You've oh, been absolutely! For six centuries. I would be a recluse at that point, and only hire people I trusted to like look at me. Yeah, you'd be like full zombie mode. Like, yeah, gross. Because there would be a point where your cells are like, please, we can't <laughs> your keep cells regenerating. Are like, please, we weren't designed for this. Right. Please let it stop. Oh my god. Interestingly, it was not just in ancient times that humans were trying to defeat death. In the modern era, Silicon Valley in particular is trying to find ways to achieve immortality. Upload your brain. Yeah, you got the brain uploaders. These range from brain upload to stem cell injections to human growth hormone misuse, which peaked in the 90s and has since gone out of fashion because some bad shit can happen to you if you abuse human growth hormone. And then you have the absolutely bananas young blood theory. So Stanford in 2005 conducted a study where old mice were paired with young mice, and the mice pairs had their circulatory systems linked. Don't like that. You shouldn't. I can't imagine it was cute. I, it was mm-mm. probably gnarly. Mm-mm. Within five weeks, the old mice's liver and muscle tissues started to resemble that of the young mice, implying that somehow getting that injection of young blood encouraged the tissue to start mimicking the growth and regeneration seen in the younger mouse systems. So for the next 15 years, scientists ran the tests again and again, and each time they found that the old mice paired with the young blood showed health improvements. And so they were like, great, let's fucking put this on people and make people super young and whatever. It does not work for people. They've tried it. It just does not work. But that doesn't mean that people are going to stop trying. Now, at this point... I have to tell you guys something. When the whole Theranos thing broke, and this was back in the days when people thought they were legit. So Theranos was this company that said, Mm -hmm. if you use a drop of blood, you could test it for all these diseases that usually you have to, like, draw vials and vials of blood for. Mm -hmm. I genuinely thought that was going to be a front, because I I had a feeling something was up. I thought it was going to be a front for one of these, like, young blood, like, we're just going to suck the blood out of the young and put it in these old Silicon Valley (laughs) investors. Uh But then it turned out to be a different fraud. So Yeah. I I also wanted to bring up, just in literature. Yes. I used to teach this Dr. Heidegger's experiment by Mm -hmm. Nathaniel Hawthorne. Mm -hmm. It's basically like a monkey paw story where Dr. Heidegger invites a bunch of people who have, like, seen struggle in their life to mm-hmm. like and they're old now to try out this like sparkly concoction that he has that he claims to be like the fountain of from water from the fountain of youth mm-hmm. and ultimately the people end up fighting over like one the three men fight over like the woman and then instead of like learning a lesson about it from Dr. Heidegger they decide at the end that they're going to go travel to Florida <laughs> to find the fountain of youth Obviously. when like there was a mirror in the in the study that showed that they were still old people, but their perception had changed to think that they oh. were young again. So it was like it wasn't even doing like Didn't granting them work. actual youth. They just it was just it was just like a collective hallucination that they were having. Yeah, it was like a Jekyll Hyde scenario where right. the potion didn't actually do anything to change him. Yeah. His perception of himself changed, and so mm-hmm. he acted differently. Yeah. Spoilers for Jekyll and Hyde and Doctor Heidegger's experience. Right, <laughs> these I books mean, that have been out for like three thousand years. Well, I mean, the 1800s. (laughs) Yeah, they've been out for 200 years. You've had time. (laughs) You also have Cambridge University researcher Aubrey de Grey, who -hmm. believes that in as little as 25 years, humans are going to start living for upwards of 1,000 years. No. 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 De Grey is Unless you upload my brain into a cyborg, like... Yeah, That's not his theory, even. Like, I would have maybe bought that, but that's not... so. Cellular regeneration, though, (sighs) has, like, a limit. (sighs) DeGray is the head of the Strategies for Engineered Negligible Senescence, or SENS project. Senescence is just a fancy-schmancy way of saying, like, 
aging. Sure. So basically, it's this the society for making aging not a thing. De Grey claims that he has identified all seven causes of aging. <laughs> so one is existing. Yeah, one existing. Two, C1. Three, <laughs> C1. So he says that by identifying them, he's on, the, he's on track to defeat all seven, and that within 25 years, they are going to do so. In 2005, de Grey claimed that we were 15 to 25 years out from being able to meaningfully extend human life by conquering aging. I'd like to point out that 2005 was 15, 15 years, years ago. ago. So, where are we on this? De Grey. Now would be a really good time. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to fucking do it. Because I feel like I've already aged 25 years and it's been two months. Yeah. In DeGray's mind, we will be able, the way this process will work, he's like, you're going to go to a hospital every 10 years and get a refresh on life. So you go in, and then he's like, in the early days, it'll take a month, but later it's going to take a day. You go in for a day, they like, re you, and they send you on your merry little way, and then you can live to be a thousand. Will my insurance cover this? No, you live in America. Your insurance is basically trash. Basically. <laughs> so, then you, you also have, and this was... Arguably the dumbest thing I've read today. Yes. And I've read a lot of dumb shit in my day. (laughs) At Bulletproof Coffee in Los Angeles and Santa Monica, California, one entrepreneur has installed electromagnetic chairs to increase blood flow to try and fight the signs of aging. So can you imagine going to get a cup? And one, like, these cup of coffee, he... (sighs) I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm really mad about it. Yeah, yeah. So the entrepreneur is Dave Asprey, and he claims he's going to live to 180 because he's changed his daily habits through a process called biohacking, which is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. So basically, he believes that by making this series of choices daily and changing how he lives his life, he's going to extend his life to 180 years. Some of the choices he makes, Bulletproof Coffee is served with butter and oil in it. Because he believes that by having butter and oil in your coffee, you will live longer. Straight up, there's a character in Final Fantasy VII who likes to put butter in his coffee, and he's an old man. And I was like, why would you do that? I've heard Someone of butter in coffee about before. Dave Asprey. But he's probably talking. Yeah, there we go. So biohacking is apparently a trend among people who are genuinely trying to seek immortality in the modern era. And that ranges from things like supplements, working out, you know, the basic stuff, to taking MDMA. Oh, no. Science stuff. (laughs) I just... Okay. (laughs) At people trying to get immortality, what are you going to do when you get hit by a bus? Bingo. <laughs> like, 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 not dying of natural causes is one thing, but, like, literally, there are a lot so of many shit things that can kill you. That, like, by existing in America, <laughs> you can be killed by any number of things. Yeah. Just walking down the street. Yeah. Like, what, what, did, what say you to that? Are well, you going. <laughs> to that, they say cryonics, the Mac Daddy of the biohacking movement and the modern immortality claims. They say that, you know, no matter what you do, if you get hit by a bus or whatever, you freeze yourself until someone can figure out how to cure getting hit by a bus. Yep. So one guy I read who owns a cryonics that was lab in, the Simpsons. <laughs> in Arizona was like, you know, people say that death is the end, but I think it's just like, this is someone in crisis that we should be helping. And so by helping, they freeze them so that they can be on ice until medicine advances enough to fix whatever went wrong. And, like, beyond, okay, fine, let's theoretically assume, fine, in 2,000 years, we figure out how to fix everything that's ever wrong with you. You get hit by a bus, we can fix that. You know, whatever, will unfreeze you. And then you can live forever. Why would you want to live forever? I am 30, and I am so goddamn tired. I can't imagine how I would feel if I'd been alive for 2,000 years. Yeah. I've been, like, really interested in reading stories or, like, you know, first-person accounts of people who have lived past 100, mm-hmm. where they're like, yeah, it's been a pretty full life. I, yeah. uh, I'm not scared of dying, you yeah, know? they're like, I'm ready to get off now. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, we all love riding roller coasters, but, you know, at a certain point, you're ready to stop. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about celebrities, shall yes. we? I wrote down all the names of people who were suggested to us, but Great. all of this started because we were talking about our pats. Our pats. And God in bless the past, him. we've also talked about Hosier. 
Yes, my beloved Bogman, who yeah. is immortal. So headcanon for me for Hosier, and I think collectively for Hosier, is he's some sort of ancient nature spirit, arguably a god, who was found in a bog in Ireland, obviously, and we took him out against his will, and now he's just shuffling through as an immortal. And one person responded Elizabeth, to the prompt yeah. on Twitter saying, Florence Welch, lead singer of Florence and the Machine, actually is the one who cursed Hosier to immortality. She found him in the bog, pulled him out, and made him immortal. I, I love that. Yeah. I am absolutely all in on that. That is 100% what happened. If that's not what happened, contact me, Florence Welch and or Hosier. So <laughs> email spoopower at gmail.com. But Tell also thank really you for happened. listening. But also thank you for, uh, and I'm so sorry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am genuinely the worst person. I'm trying to find the piece in this Pattinson article because... Yeah. Ultimately, I concluded after reading it that Robert Pattinson is absolutely an immortal. So we're yeah. trying to get to the bottom of what kind of immortal he is. And, is he and when we were also discussing it, I was thinking, like, because I just finished playing Persona 5, and, like, the trickster is, like, a major facet of that game. And so I was, like, reading through even just that excerpt of the thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, definitely an immortal trickster god yeah. who's, so like, we, trapped on Earth against yeah. his will. So my theory is that Robert Pattinson is an old-timey trickster god, like, from way back in the day, and that at some point he fucked with the wrong person. Maybe it was Florence Welch, who was obviously an immortal sorceress. Right. And so she cursed him to forever be alive, be immortal forever, but be trapped in human form and be taken seriously. Yeah. Because Robert Pattinson is so ridiculous as a human, and yet still he's like, Mr. Hunky, he's gonna be Batman, let's put him in the movies, let's go. And, like, it does not matter how ridiculous he is, people are still on board well, and taken and seriously. There, there are a lot of, like, I'm man-man mm-hmm. guys who are like... Robert Pattinson hasn't been working out for Batman. Like, he's just this disheveled, like, skinny boy. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's (laughs) the point. And in this interview he did with GQ where he chaos makes handheld pasta, which is, again, truly, I cannot stop thinking about it. I've read it, like, four times, and it is the funniest goddamn thing. It's so funny. The person interviewing him says, you're a true chaos agent. And Robert Pattinson responds, I'm definitely that only in my own mind. And I'm like, aha. That's the trickster god admitting, you guys take me seriously, but I'm a trickster god and I'm just here to cause mayhem and you aren't letting me because you take me seriously. Yeah. <laughs> so there that's my theory with our paths. Okay. The next person, I, I wrote down a bunch. We also got Mads Mikkelsen. Yep. He's a Danish cryptid. He's a Danish cryptid. Mysterious third roommate loves Mads and has been yeah. calling him um, cryptid forever. Yeah. He's her Danish cryptid husband. Yes. Keanu Reeves. So absolutely, a lot comes up with him being immortal because mm-hmm. he has aged super gracefully. He mm-hmm. has just, just young, clear skin, nice guy. He's like legitimately a nice person. Yeah. So I think he is some kind of he's some kind of immortal. Yes. Who is? I don't know. I, I don't know what his role is, but... I think he's some kind of benevolent, almost like an angelic spirit yeah. who's just on Earth to do good. Yeah. Like, I don't think he was cursed or anything. Yeah. I think he was like, let me go down there and see what kind of good I can do. And he ended up do. becoming a celebrity. And then he ended up accidentally starring in The Matrix and becoming this huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> There's also Danny DeVito and Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Danny DeVito, I think, is... So I get his name always confused with Robert De Niro and Danny DeVito. Oh, those are I'm, very different people. They are very different people. So Danny DeVito, the short man, yes, who from is it's always a sunny. wild man. But also, I think he's kind of a benevolent trickster as well. Like, I think of him and, like... He's kind of he's kind of a like a warlock or like like a dwarf or something like you ready like you ready for the, my theory? you have my axe kind of guy you know see in my head I think in Disney's Hercules he was playing himself yes I think that's ab- pan. Like, yeah 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 he's absolutely some sort of like pan fawn spirit who's just like out here to mix it up yeah he's here for a good mayhem. time yeah he's yeah. here for a good time and then as it happens he is also here for a long time <laughs> he is <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Duff suggested him as one. Like, what kind of what kind of cryptid is Steve Buscemi? And I maintain Steve Buscemi, I think, is probably the closest we're going to get to our rendition of the Jersey Devil. Yes. Like, I think people are probably scared of him as a cryptid, but he's genuinely just very nice and just like... How do you do, fellow kids? 
Yeah. We've also got Dolly Parton as another benevolent spirit. Yes. Where she's some kind of, like, goddess or angelic spirit who is just here to, like, make people happy. I and think... she's taking care of kids. Like, she's been doing, yes. promoting her literacy thing, and she's just mm-hmm. wonderful. She's funding COVID research. Like, yeah. Dolly Parton will save us. I think Dolly Parton is... I know I just said Danny DeVito is kind of like Pan. I don't think Danny DeVito is the Pan, because I think Dolly Parton is. Because <laughs> instead of it being Pan flutes, it's her little bejeweled saxophone. Aha. Uh-huh. And so she's here to just, like, have fun and be lively and, like, introduce people to music and also, along the way, spread some good, even though Pan's kind of mischievous. Yeah. Maybe she's more of a Coco Pelly than a Pan. Yeah. I, I would see that. Yeah. And again, any of these celebrities are welcome to email spoopower at gmail.com if you want to give us the real story. Yeah. So. If you want to say, like, I was born on this date, I am not immortal. Yeah, except Keanu Reeves. We have oil paintings of Keanu Reeves we do. from, like, the 15th century. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're fooling um, no one, checkmate. Reeves. Checkmate. Yeah. Guy Fieri. Interesting. Also a benevolent spirit, I Yes, think. absolutely. I don't know if he's going to be immortal, but definitely a benevolent spirit. He does good in the world. Yeah, he's he's doing some good. Yeah. Like, no shade to Guy Fieri. I just don't... Maybe he's a cryptid of some variety. Yeah. So he's not like... Maybe he's like a Bigfoot-style cryptid, only instead of, like, stealing farmhand stuff, he's, like, helping people. Yeah. I I would see that. He's some kind of cryptid. Yeah. And taking us to Flavortown. Okay. I got suggestions. We got suggestions also for Kate Blanchett and Naomi Harris. Yes. Agreed. On both fronts, probably angels. Angels, yeah. Yeah, some sort of ethereal beauty, like, light comes out of them at night. A whole deal. I think Bjork is some kind of sprite or fairy. Interesting. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Bjork is definitely something. Bjork I was going to go something. cryptid. Yeah, cryptid. Yeah, but I could see her being like a sprite. Mm-hmm. Where she's just like, this is just how, like, or like a member of like the Fae folk, like out of UK and Ireland. Yes. Where the they're kind of like tricky and like you can't get a read on them, but it, it's like not out of malevolence. It's just kind of how they are. Yeah. And I think that that, that, that was, that was like kind of the path I think I was on. Yeah. Yeah. Faye. I agree. We got a suggestion that Sam Elliott is the collective ghost <laughs> of the Wild West. And I love that because in my head immediately, I just imagine like this town ain't big enough for the two of us. And Sam Elliott goes, okay, bye. And just discorporate. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a ghost. I, I love that. But we also got Danny Trejo is definitely some yes. kind of cryptid. I, I think would. Danny Trejo, and this, I have thought a lot about it. So in my head, Danny Trejo is an avenging angel because he's such Ooh. a tough guy. By, but by all accounts, he's actually, like, a pretty decent dude. Yeah. So I think he's, like, one of the, like, seraphim, like, oh. angels with flaming sword crew yeah. of angels who are, like, tough AF, but also eternal. I like that. Yeah. We also got Tilda Swinton. Yes, obviously. Obviously. Some sort of cryptid alien yeah. Sorceress. Not quite on I this don't know. earth. Yeah. Yeah. This is one that I was just thinking today because he's hot and I love him. But, and he's goofy. He's like very silly. And so I find him as kind of like almost, almost like Puck, but less like mischievous. But Ewan McGregor. Interesting. One, yeah. I was very excited to see where the sentence was going when you said hot. And two... <laughs> I never thought of that, but, like... He's very silly. Yeah. He is very silly. And he has not really aged, frankly. Mm -mm. Like, his hair's kind of changed color, but, you know, that could just be, like, styling. Right. We also had a sports suggestion, a sport suggestion, for Nicholas Backstrom of the Washington Capitals, because he is definitely a cryptid. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who he is, but I said he was like, I don't know who that is. But Mysterious Third Roommate suggested, and another one of our friends co-signed, and I also co-sign. Nicholas Backstrom is some kind of cryptid. I love it. I'm trying to think of other some other people. I feel like... Sir Patrick Stewart is some kind of reincarnation mm-hmm. of... I could see him coming around every generation. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel like he, he just keeps coming back. Yeah. I have a feeling that, like, he was William Shakespeare. Interesting. Because <laughs> yeah. he's very, like, he strongly embodies the Shakespearean language and right. the present, like, the performance and everything. And right. he seems very, I mean... 
through being regenerative, regenerated Mm -hmm. since Shakespeare's time, that he's only accumulated more wisdom and insight into each role. Are you ready for me to yes-and this suggestion? Yes. Because I'm about to yes-and the shit out of it. So, if he's reincarnated Shakespeare, do we then think maybe Shakespeare wasn't the first incarnation of him? Uh Maybe he has been going back since the dawn of existence, but it's just Shakespeare was the first one to write all the shit down. Aha. Uh-huh. So that was the generation where he came in and he's like, oh, great, you guys have language. Here's a play. So he had been traveling around over and over and over again, collecting stories and finally. Yeah, just like okay, barding. We have they, printing presses. <laughs> they do call him the bard. So yes. maybe he was a bard in the traditional sense of being a spoken word artist in like old and olden times mm-hmm. when we didn't write shit down. Yeah. Ooh. Shakespeare, email us, spoopowergmail.com. <laughs> and by Shakespeare, it means Sir Patrick Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Anyone else? Since we've had this discussion? I, don't, I, I was thinking about it a lot, and I came up with some people, but now I've forgotten all of who they were. Hmm. I just really like the idea of, like, okay, so what we do in the shadows, those mm-hmm. vampires just continuing to live over, like, forever and ever. Yes. I'm, like, really interested in in that kind of pathway in life. Yeah. You know, you're just like, you're still, you're still kind of a fuck up, but yeah. you've been around for centuries. And so you just keep kind of failing upwards. Yes. You know what I mean? Because you, you know, you can't really, you, you can't die through happenstance. Right. So no matter what you do, it's most likely not going to be that bad. Right. I did think of, oh, I remember one. I think Lupita Nyong'o yeah. is yep. a muse, like a modern uh, like, yeah. This is her modern incarnation, but she's been a muse for a while. Yeah. Because she has this, like... She has this, like, lilt to her. Mm-hmm. Like, just, like, this natural, like, you're kind of drawn to this, like, creative energy yeah. coming out of her. So I think she's a muse. I agree. Yeah. yeah. There are definitely people who I think are inspirational and mm-hmm. could definitely count as a muse. Like, yeah. whether, a, you know, an eternal muse or, yeah. like, a regeneration of the, like, classical muses. Uh, yeah, like a Sir Patrick Stewart, but instead of Shakespeare, you're a muse. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Is that what Backstrom is? I don't know anything about him. I know. Backstrom is just a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are a couple. There's definitely, like, if we even just did, like, a bunch of caps, I have photos from one of, from the the last game that Mysterious Third Roommate and I went to. We Mm -hmm. got to go to the warm-ups, and I just have photos of fucking... Tom Wilson just spanking everyone with his hockey stick on the ice and giggling. Sure. And just, like, running around and, like, just causing chaos and mayhem on the ice right before they had to play, like, an actual game. Like, these are professional athletes, and what they like to you do is... You may not like it, but this is what peak performance looks like. This is what like. peak performance looks like. It's spanking each other and chasing each other on the ice when you're supposed to be doing warm-up drills. Fun fact, that's also the Spoop Hour warm-up drill. <laughs> the basement is actually ice. There is a theory online that John Mulaney is, like, a new immortal. So he became immortal in, like, the 1920s, and he's just, like, refused <laughs> to adapt at all. And so he's still, like, listen here, you s- sorry, Charlie, you gotta, you gotta snap that, to it. And, like, still has that, like, 1920s radio I think that's radio why announcer. Anna Mulaney Tendler married him. Yes. Was because she's also kind of like that. Yeah, or she's from the 20s. So or like, she's also from the 20s and immortalized yeah. John. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be it. And so now she's like, you're in it, son. This, yep. is, this, is, how, this is how things are. And they just have their dog, Petunia, who also might be an immortal. <laughs> Absolutely, Petunia is an immortal. Yeah. <laughs> Petunia is one of the fates. Petunia knows when all of us are going to die. <laughs> yes, she does. <laughs> she's going to be the one to make the decision. It's fine. And with that... With that, this is a little, it's it's less than an hour, but look, but, we've both had hard weeks, so uh, yeah, forgive us. and also, like, we've had some long episodes recently. We have. So, so like... This will be, like, an easy, like, 45 minutes or so, yeah, probably. We, Who knows? Th- I think this proves that <laughs> collaborating <laughs> is a gift. <laughs> and it is. We are so generous with it. <laughs> and it's been a hard week. <laughs> look, we've had a hard time. All I want to do is lay in bed and watch YouTube. One so of us let... is coming off of a period and the other one is about to come onto a period. 
Email spoopbarg.mail.com for theories as to who. I'm just kidding. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) For the love of God. And like, and yeah, I'm having all kinds of work, school-related work stress. I'm having all kinds of work stress just like since quarantine began. Like, we're doing our best. We're doing our best. So thank you for being patient. Or what's the opposite of patient? Thank you for being that with a short episode. (laughs) Accepting. Yes, thank you for accepting that this episode is a little shorter. We We love you. We promise that we'll be back on our A-game for the next episode. (laughs) And we're going to be doing, on May 31st... Oh, yes. Do you want to plug this? Oh, my God. I've been meaning to plug plug that forever. Thank God for you. I'm like, what the fuck are we doing on May 31st, We're talking about things that we're working hard on. And by we, I mean Courtney. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just... I'm here for the ride. (laughs) Woo! We are, once again, doing live stream for The Cure. So, once again, we are back to try and raise money for the Cancer Research Institute... This year, we have a very ambitious goal of trying to raise $10,000, which is a great deal of money. But unlike last year, where I had a nightmare that the dollar value went down when we aired, <laughs> I have not had that nightmare yet this year. So hopefully, it's going to go great. And also, so, that can't happen. <laughs> no, it sure can't. So if you would like to join us on Sunday, May 31st at 11 a.m. Eastern, so that's going to be 8 a.m. West Coast. Sorry, West Coasties. If you are And sometime on, in between for all the other time zones. <laughs> yeah, if you're on Greenwich Mean Time, I believe 11 a.m. is going to be 4 p.m. your time. I have no I idea how time works. Look up what time 11 a.m. Eastern is in your time zone. That's what time we're going to be on. We're going to be playing games. We're doing a giveaway of the complete set of the Chunky Cryptid stickers. They're so, so Chunky. If, all you got to do is you got to make a donation and then somebody who makes a donation during our time slot is going to get a bunch of stickers. Who doesn't love that? There are other great podcasts that are going to be doing stuff too over the course of the two days and the kickoff. So you have Ignorance Was Bliss with Kate, whom we love. And you're going to have, I believe Brooke Reading is doing a segment on Livestream for the Cure. So it's going to be a good time. Just come hang out, party with us. We're reprising the game that we did last year beyond belief fact or fiction so if you think you can tell real things that happened from fake urban legends and shit i make up then come to live stream for the cure sunday may 31st we are on at 11 a.m eastern and we hope to see you there yeah so for details about it you can check out the epic film guys because they are the ones who are orchestrating the whole thing they're at epic film guys on twitter if you google live stream for the cure it comes right up you can get a t-shirt they're selling magnets and again all of this is for fundraising for the cancer research institute which is a great cause. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fun. So, yeah, come hang out with us. And we we look forward to seeing you in two weeks. So thank you again for listening to this spoop. Who even knows what an hour is? Yeah. I certainly don't. And if you have a celebrity that you're pretty sure is an immortal. Oh, the obvious. I can't believe we didn't talk huh? about it. Paul Rudd. Oh, Paul Rudd. Yeah. You know what? He's a funny. cherub. Yeah. I was thinking about Paul Rudd earlier when we were talking about Who immortals. Us, and I... Like, totally dropped. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Rudd We've is definitely lived a one. life this week. But yeah, Paul Rudd, I think Paul Rudd's like a cherub, like, like not like full Cupid, but he's just like cherubic and he's yeah. just like, he's here to spread love and joy. And yeah. Look at us. Who would have thought? He's just, he's <laughs> just me. fun. Yeah. He's just, yeah. He's here to have a good time and a long time. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this yeah. good time, albeit not a long time. We as, hope you had fun. As always, find us on the internet at Spoop Hour on Places. Yes. We're usually just at Spoop Hour. Or email us at spoophourgmail.com if... Yes. Yeah. But tweet at us or email us. Tell us other celebrity cryptids we might have forgotten. Yes. Cryptids and immortals. I'm sure there are more. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all know more things than we do. Mm -hmm. Again, thank you for your patience. I feel very scattered today, but I think this was fun. So hopefully you had fun listening. Yeah. And yeah, don't drink from the fountain of youth because just don't. Come on, you guys. Just stay safe. Wash your hands. You don't know how many other people... Drink from there. Ugh, gross. Yeah. yeah, don't put your mouth on Kinda things like that the Blarney don't Stone. Don't don't Ooh, don't put yeah. your mouth on that. Don't put Mm-mm. your mouth on the Blarney Stone. No offense to tourism in Ireland. I don't think Irish locals actually kiss the Blarney Stone. I think it's just a tourist thing. But also gross. Gross. It it gross. Not, don't not, put your mouth on stuff that doesn't belong to you. Especially not in this era. <laughs> not in these times. Not in these just times. keep your mouth to yourself. Yeah. Especially you, Paul Red. I'm Nick. I'm Justin. And I'm Brian. We are the Epic Film Guys. We want to let you know that the fourth annual live stream for The Cure is only a couple weeks away. Every single dollar raised goes to the Cancer Research Institute to help us fight for a future immune to cancer. And once again, donations will be doubled. 
Join us May 27th through the 31st for 48 hours of content from creators around the world. Please help us spread the word so we can smash our goal of $10,000. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com to make an early donation and to learn more about the event. Together, we can make a difference. I am going to slowly talk and stall because I don't remember our exact time slot. We're it's just sometime vamping. on the We're just on vamping. the 30 It's on the 31st. Yeah, definitely it on is. May 31st. Livestream for the cure. And Oh no, why isn't it on my calendar anymore? It's a thing. That is happening at it a sure certain is. time that Courtney is looking up right now. What we're even just is time? We're going to keep vamping until we call until this podcast she's Spook able. Hour, and as we all know. But sometimes it's longer than an hour, and sometimes, like today, it's shorter than an hour. So I think what really this episode proves is that an hour could be any length of time, and that it's unrealistic to assume we would ever know about what time it is. <laughs>